Just in and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell, starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find? If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help raise your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. Well, Allison, we have to talk about the bird. Oh, we do have to talk about the bird. We, it's, yeah, it's. It's the we have to talk about Kevin, but a bird. Um, I was assuming that bird's name was Kevin. Yeah, it was it probably must up be. to no good. Yeah, no, no. Kevin's are terrible, and I assume that this bird is one of them. Um, I, yesterday, I left to go get a flu shot, um, and I was gone for like I don't know a half hour. Like I just went like down the street <laughs> to like get a flu shot, which takes no time. I came back into my apartment, and I have a, a glass door that goes out to my little like terrace area, my like little outside space. And there was a, I mean, it was the size of, like, like a piece of paper. Like, it was, like, eight and a half by 11, like, giant, greasy, dirty, like, imprint of a bird on the glass, including shit. Like, I think it it flew into the, it was scared the fuck, (laughs) like, it literally scared the shit out of itself. It shit on my window. Oh, my God. You can make out, like, every individual feather, like, of its its wingspan. I mean, it must have been going full speed. I was I'm not here. Honestly, shocked it didn't die. I thought you were gonna like cut to. There's a stunned bird lying on no. your patio. No, I like Poor truly bastard. like was shocked because like then I was like, oh god, I have to go out and see if there's like a dead bird on my patio, and there wasn't. There were like a couple of feathers. <laughs> which, Do you think it's an omen uh, or a portent of something? I hope not. Um, I truly, truly hope not. It was so scary and gross. There was also another weird mark from, like, I guess, like, a couple of days, almost a week ago that I had seen that I was like, oh, I wonder what that is. And now I'm like, I think another bird had flown into my window, perhaps not as fast and hard as this one Oh, my did. God. But they have, like, those stickers you can put on where it looks like crows. Have you seen these? Yeah, to but then I have to, like, birds? see them. Yeah. It's a glass door, and I don't put my shade down because <laughs> it's just, like, my living room. Um, I am thinking of getting a big plastic owl. Okay, I like that. Do, that's do you think that's solution. good for me? I feel like that's Absolutely. like where my life is headed. Um, our producer Sabrina suggested uh, pinwheels, like put them in your plants. Oh, that's fun. But that's like festive, and I like that. But I think I'm still going to get the owl either way. <laughs> I say go both. Yeah, now I that's just want like, the owl. You're like the fun owl pinwheel lady that yes. people see across the alley. Um, but also, like, I'm just like so glad I wasn't home. I can't imagine the sound. Oh, you would have shit your pants. You and the birds would be shitting at the same time. <laughs> yes. yes, we'd be synchronizing our shitting. Um, I'm glad I wasn't home for it because it would have been so loud. But also then, like, yesterday I was, like, in my kitchen and I looked across the way to, like, the building that faces me. And someone had their door. I leave that door open all the time. Or at least I used to. I never will again. Um, mm-hmm. But somebody had their patio door open. And I wanted to be like, don't do it. A bird's going to get in your house. Wow. I'm I'm trying to imagine how what would happen if a bird got in your apartment. I feel like you would no, just move out. I think out. I would just leave. I would leave all my stuff and start over somewhere else. 
right. You have it take over the lease, and like you just have to yeah, yeah the, change your the name. Bird, enter with the bird home now. Um, but well, that's terrifying. Yeah. And now that you mentioned, it, I thought the outline of the bird was very beautiful. I'll obviously post the photo. But yes. now that you mentioned, it, it is just filth. It it's is just so, a, a filth angel. Like birds a snow are angel. so much greasier than I thought. I guess that's what they have in order to protect their wings. They got to be covered in grease. Oh, gross. Ew, birds are disgusting, disease-ridden grease factories. I hate them. And to the if the one out there that hit my door is listening, uh, I will find you and I will kill you. <laughs> um, I mean, I, uh, but please leave a five-star review uh, yes, before yes. Allison strangles you yes, with Kevin, one hand, please. Kevin. And speaking of reviews, we've been having you leave uh, five-star reviews um, along with a very spooky story, and you've been doing it. Thank you so much. You guys we've are got so a really funny. fun one. This is from Spooky Tanya, and the title is Sorry, Hallie, and with a period, and the period makes it scarier. Um, five-star, <laughs> she said, I have some bad news for you. Allison, sweet Allison, is three servants in a human suit, and he, she's been plotting the whole time you've known her. I've said too much, unfortunately. Tanya, that was spooky. That is so scary. Oh, I'd be so thin. Oh. Right. I think I would have noticed, like, you'd be a yeah. bunch of little legs all doubled yeah. in a suit. Yeah. As soon as I read that, and this is a horrifying image, so now you have to, I just imagine, like, a deer's hoof emerging no. from your mouth. No. Like, as oh they start God. to climb out. Why would you say that? I don't know. Why do we do anything on this podcast? I had, true. If I thought it, you have to hear about it. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, Keith's reviews coming. We really yes. appreciate that. They've all been genuinely so frightening. Yes. It's so They wonderful. are really scary and funny, but mostly scary. <laughs> um, and speaking of our movie of the week, which is it, it, not intentionally funny, but definitely very funny and very scary. We are doing the original 1977 version of The Hills Have Eyes. Yes. Uh, directed by Wes Craven. It is November now. It is the the, the season of, of spending time with loved ones. And so we're going to focus on family horrors all month. Yes. Whether or not the family is itself horrifying or it's simply a situation you find yourself in with your family. Either way, bone chilling. And this is a great one because it involves two families. Oh, mm. uh, you know, all families are alike. But these families, I say, definitely have some distinct uh, differences. Um, Allison, you may have noticed some of them when you watched uh, the trailer. What are your thoughts about the Hills Have Eyes trailer? It was kind of funny. Like, the, yes. trailer, the way the trailer is cut <laughs> and just, like, the 70s, the <laughs> acting, the everybody's looks, uh, the effects, like— there is something kind of funny, and I've said it before, like when a movie is old, it's a little less scary just because of like mm -hmm. those elements of what a lot of older films are. It does seem like a scare, like a premise of like, if I, from what I think it is, like it's just people who live in the hills, like attacking people who were on a vacation that like stumbled upon where they live. And that's yeah, just like an a, eloquent summary. Sure. And that's just like a real... Thing. Like, that's that realistically could happen. So then it makes it scarier. Because, mm -hmm. like, anything that, like, could, you know, somebody stalking you and trying to kill you is, like, way scarier than, like, a demon. Because, like, people can and do stalk and kill other people. And demons aren't real. So. You're absolutely right about that. Um, I like to take a baseline scary. And I wasn't mm -hmm. sure exactly which element of this is terrifying. Okay. Um, But, you know, I'm going to go with how upsetting do you find the concept of cannibalism? Oh, 
I mean, remember the cannibal cop? What's he up to? I mean, I hope he's in jail. <laughs> he's not. He they let he's him not. out. Yeah. I don't well, like that. Because he technically didn't cannibalize anybody. Right. Because he, he didn't get the opportunity. wanted to. Right. Yeah. They shut it down too fast. Um, exactly. And isn't that what we scary. want? I think it's scary, again, in, like, in the sense that, like, it can happen. And therefore, like, yes. that's scary. Like, you always hear, like, you know, urban legends or rumors or, or kind of, like, historical information about, like, people eating other people. Um, so I don't... I don't love that that's part of this movie because I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. It's a pretty big part of the film. Oh, um, no. And uh, which I was like, oh, you know, I don't think we've done a cannibalism film in, in, in a little bit. I, I guess what's creepy have. about it is, yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't think so. I don't um, think so. Well, wow, great. I'm glad, I'm glad we're, we're, um, we're getting Forging into the a new, new genre. Yes. Um, I guess what's uh, creepy about it in modern days, it's that uh, you don't have to do that. You know, like I, I um, yeah. To do that is a big choice in, in 1977. Nobody was doing that. So yes. to be the one, the one uh, mutated uh, cannibal hillbilly family doing it. You know what I mean? It's just like it's a lot of luck. Do you think that there's any cannibals out there now that like are resorting to like impossible meat for humans? Like, do you <sighs> think that they're like they're like, oh, this tastes just like people? That's a really great but it's question. Plant-based. <laughs> I'm going to say, I think even if they try, it's not going to satisfy. And I yeah. like Impossible Meat, but it's Me not too. the same it's thing. It's still not the same as eating a burger. It doesn't scratch the same itch. No. I do like the idea of a cannibal who really is trying not to cannibalize people, though. God, you know, there's just so many billions of people in the world. you got to think there's one person who yes. has that. And I feel yes. really bad for them where it's like, Me too. I don't know what, 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 what went wrong, but that's a hard, uh, that's a hard burden to carry. Yes. So our hearts uh, and thoughts go out to you, cannibal cop, wherever you yeah. are. Um, <laughs> again, not in jail for some reason, even though because he was a— The reason he went to jail is because he was a cop, and he accessed, like, the cop database in yes. order to find up details about— I don't care what it was, like, his ex or somebody who he was, like, planning was, to cannibalize. It was, like, a woman he met on a dating app or something, right? Because, like, didn't, like, that woman meet— Or no, was that, like, a follow-up to the story where, like, somebody matched with him on, like, OkCupid or something? I believe he was back on OkCupid after they let him out of prison. And again, he didn't cannibalize anyone. He just had a lot of plans around yep, it. A lot of plans. Like, but too yes, many I, plans. And like I do a think, criminal like, amount of plans. <laughs> and I, I believe at some point he was trying to fight. I can't remember he was trying to get, like, his retirement or something. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, if you use your police abilities to no. plan a cannibalism situation, no. I don't no. think that you should be getting your benefits. Like, no. I think that's that's fair to me. You don't get a pension. You know, I, I think there's a lot going on with the police, but I hope that there's a firm line, and the line is, if a police is planning to cannibalize someone, they got to get out of there. Got to get out of there. Yeah, no. And that's the kind of firm stance that you'll find here on Ruin. Yes, yes. So let us begin, and before we do, Allison, would you like to guess the twist And The Hills Have Eyes? Guess the twist. Well, now I know cannibalism is involved, so that really threw me... Maybe it's, like, how they got into cannibalism. Were they, like, maybe it's that the scary family uh, was, I don't know. This is hard. <laughs> no, you got it. You're almost there. The you're, scary you're the family. Precipice. Maybe they uh-huh. were, like, exiled from, like, a real town. Great. And, and now they're, they're cannibals in the hills. 
Sure. That I mean, that's I think it's you not really do a twist. I don't know if it's a twist, but um, I don't know if this movie. Well, there. Well, there's some reveals, so okay. I'll say that some okay. fun reveals. Great. But um, so let's begin with the hills have eyes. We open on uh, sort of the uh, plinky synth music, and the soundtrack is really great. They do some really interesting things where, like, people are playing music, and then sort of the soundtrack picks it up, or there's, like, different sounds, scary sounds within the actual, like, um, environment that the soundtrack picks up on. It's very novel, and I appreciated that. Um, We open on Fred's Oasis, a gas station, and a gas station attendant, which you know nothing good's going to happen. Nope. Um, and there's a sign. Uh, it says there's no gas for 200 miles. So if you're not stopping at Fred's Oasis, you will absolutely break down um, yes. in the middle of the desert. Uh, it doesn't identify it as such, but according to Wikipedia, this takes place in Nevada, which feels right to me, having yeah. never been there. Mm-hmm. Um, we see Fred, who's an elderly man. It's the morning. He's already drinking liquor. He's yelling at a pig in a cage about okay. how he finally needs to get out of this dead town. Um, and suddenly a young woman named Ruby shows up and she has a big bag of stuff and she's hoping to trade um, the stuff they found for some whiskey and radios. And he's like, you can't be out here robbing from people. Like, I told you the Air Force comes through here sometime. Like, it's too risky to be essentially what is implied, stealing things from tourists. But Ruby's like, there's nothing out here. Like, I I haven't eaten. I'm starving. And and Fred sort of like takes pity on her and he's like, okay, but we, I'm leaving. And Ruby begs him, please take me with you. Like, anywhere has to be better than this. Like, there's nothing here. There's not even a town. The area is, as we find out, um, it, it, not, a, not just an Air Force base, but essentially like an Air Force testing ground. So there's not a lot of foot traffic coming to okay. Fred's Oasis, if you can imagine. Not a lot of uh, cash flow in and out of the no. area. No, And he says, no, I'm not going to do it. He, Fred tells Ruby, if I told Mercury you were trying to go over the hill, he'd cut you into pieces. And Ruby tells Fred, if my pa knew you were leaving, he'd cut your lungs out. (gasps) Suddenly, from outside, we hear a voice calling, oh, hello. Hello, we're a normal family. We're here to get murdered. No. Hello, we need some gas. Oh, I brought an entire, uh, you know, camper full of victims. It is a family road tripping through the state to California, Allison. No. No. Mistake number one. Don't drive across the country. Never do it. Don't do it. I don't know why people want to do it. And we've got a lot of people in here. So you know that bathroom is awful in there. Oh, like, God. They're yeah. all pretty, like, you know, for the most part, like, nice to each other. I would, my family, we'd be at each other's throats, you know, oh my like, God. being trapped in there. So it's a station wagon towing a camper that's, like, big enough to sleep seven, I guess. So we've got um, Bob and Ethel are the parents. And Bob is a newly retired police detective. They're with their teen, um, their teens, Bobby and Brenda, who are my preference of who plays a teen, which is somebody who is 35 years old. Love so, that. I, you know, it's like they're Love 16. That. No, they are clearly 38, yeah. both of them. Great. And they've also brought their adult daughter, Lynn, and her husband, Doug, and their very cute baby, Katie. Oh, no. And they're two German shepherds, beauty and beast. So not only no. do you have all these people Two giant here, dogs? Two gigantic dogs, everyone farting. You know they're just eating trash. They're shopping at Fred's Oasis. Oh, no. But they just are like Frito tripping. farts. Oh, exactly. Ugh. Like, just like every time you open the door, just like a cloud of Frito Ugh. dust comes out. 
That's the horror movie. So they are road tripping in celebration of Bob and Ethel's silver anniversary, which I do think is nice. Like, okay, yeah. we'll all get together. Mom and dad yes. really want to do this. You know, we'll bring the baby. And they're looking in sort of honor of the, uh, the event for a silver mine that's sort of like a tourist attraction nearby. And Fred's like, this silver okay. mine's been closed for years. Do not go to the silver mine. Take the main road and drive as far and as fast as you can out of here. And it's like, again, Fred, yes. if you know this, why are you still why there? Why do you live there? Get the hell out of there. You could do so much better. And we see he has a truck. He has like a, a the blue truck. Again, he has a little pig and a pen. He has a means, he has gas. He right. can leave. Yes. But he needs to want more for himself, Allison. Yes. yes, believe in yourself, Fred. And every gas station out, attendant out there. And there are a lot of people in this movie that if they had just wanted a little bit more, they wouldn't be living the life they live. Yes. So as they're sort of getting gas, you know, Fred's saying, get the hell out of here. He's explaining um, the Air Force uses this as like a gunnery range. So it's not even safe to be driving through here. Jesus. Which I guess it sort of seems like what the 70s were like. Yeah, and Nevada. While they're getting gas, everyone kind of gets out to stretch their legs, and Doug takes Beauty and Beast out to pee. One of them spots Ruby sort of scampering through, like, these broken, like, broke-down trucks and sheds in his yard. Doug does not see Ruby, but she is running like a feral animal. And she looks disheveled, but not as disheveled as some other characters we're, we're about to meet. Okay. Um, Doug also notices a broken glass with blood dripping down it. Okay. And he tells Fred, like, a broken drinking glass? No, sorry, like a window glass. Oh, It looks like somebody, like, punched it out, and now there's blood on it. And so he said to Fred, like, you should check that out. Like, I don't know if you have grandkids or something, but there's broken glass, and it looks like somebody cut themselves. And Fred's like, oh, yeah, I'll look into that. You know, just too casual about, like, you know, there's a big busted-out window with a bunch of blood everywhere. And Fred's like, yeah, I mean, look where I live. You know what I mean? That's that's honestly, like, a, a Tuesday for me. Yes. And, and so as the family packs back up, Fred yells after them in classic gas station uh, attendant. He says, stay on the main road, you hear? Stay on the main road. As soon as Fred turns around to go back inside, his fucking truck explodes. What? Outside. So his truck, Fred no longer has a way of escaping. And the family has left, so he can't even ask them for a ride or for help. And as he hustles inside, he slams his front door shut. And when he turns to look at the inside of the front door, there's a bloody handprint on the inside of the door. Oh, Fred. So we start to follow the family, who are the Carters, right? And unfortunately, as we're watching them, we're sort of seeing them from a distance, from like atop these uh, bluffs and, and hills in the area. And there's a lot of whispering and planning and exciting, mm. like, chatter about the Carters and, and they're here and what are we going to do with them? The Carters, of course, immediately get lost. Of course. And when Brenda checks the map, she screams because it says they are on the Nellis Nuclear Testing Site at Air Force Base. And Bob, the dad's like, no, we're not. Immediately rejects it on hand, even though if you look around, it looks like a fucking nuclear testing site. Right. Suddenly... An Air Force plane, which I don't know if it's landing or if it's just like doing some sort of test run, uh, flies really low, startling Bob, who in classic movie fashion slams on the gas. And everyone is screaming. And a rabbit runs into the road. And so Bob naturally jerks the wheel while he's got a a car full of everyone he knows and loves. And then a camper, which is going to jackknife into the car. Bob veers to him. I say you just hit the rabbit. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like at that point, it's there's Take a baby the in the out. car. 
There's a baby in the camper. That baby isn't even strapped down. Like, no. you got to just go, and I apologize to that rabbit and the rabbit's family, but you do not veer no. when you see a rabbit in that situation. Right. When and you're in a Bob. nuclear testing site in the middle of nowhere <laughs> that you've been warned to stay on the road <laughs> right. and get out of there, and you're like, save the rabbit. And it's like, save yourselves. Yeah, you have the wrong priorities, Bob. So, yes. of course, he he, veer, he he jerks the wheel, the axle breaks, the camper jackknives. Great. And the car goes off the road. Everyone is fine and safe, but the car is fucking undrivable. So now they're in the middle of, again, a nuclear testing site. There is, they're at least 15 miles away from the gas station. And there isn't, like, a military base, but they don't know if it's manned. Like, if is it, like, just, like, a radio tower? Like, it's on the map, but it's, like, it's not like it says, like, oh, come on by and we'll help you out. Like, they have no idea where they are. And everyone, again, is handling it pretty well. Like, Bob okay. is on this uh, racist rant. He's like, I worked in the worst parts of Cleveland. And he says the full N-word, which, again, ah! is very shocking. And, well, I will say, Bob, he gets his. and uh, But he sort of establishes, like, he is an asshole. And he's like, yeah. I worked with all these people, and I got shot up by my own people twice, and I have never been treated as badly as I have by my own wife. So now he's blaming her for screaming when the plane oh flew too low. No. As if she forced him to drive off the road. Anywho, marriage is tough. A long-term relationship is tough. But, yeah. like, there's certain—I was just like, this This is where a family vacation would escalate to, is being yes. blamed for this. Yes. And Ethel's like, let's calm down. We're going to figure this out. That being said, everyone is pretty distressed because it's like the middle of the day. They are in the desert. They do have a baby. Like they're yeah. They 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 have they they came they have a lot of supplies. Like they have a CB radio. They have two guns, as we find out. They oh. have water and food. Ah, oh, the seventies. I know exactly. I'm like, oh, I'd be dead within the hour. Like I didn't, oh. I wouldn't have brought all that stuff. No, I, I'd be like, oh, I forgot to get a phone charger before I left my home, and now my phone is dead. Um, and Brenda is the one who's like, oh, my God, I can't believe we're stuck in the desert. We could be in California already. So she hates this, but She's in, correct. like, a regular teen girl way. Yeah, and yes. then at a certain point, she and Lynn are like, let's talk about all the things we'd be doing in California. And they're like, oh, like, fresh sheets. And Lynn's like, oh, gin and tonics. I was like, they have the right priorities. Like, yes, they they're know dreaming they're about we get to, because they're going to L.A. for, like, the, the end of the vacation. Um, unfortunately, Brenda is sort of, as Brenda is, like, uh, you know, talking about how, shitty it is to be in the desert, we see a man at the top of one of the hills drawing a, like, crude drawing in the sand with a stick and moaning as he says, pretty girl, and looks at Brenda. I know. Things are about to go from bad to worse. And they decide, okay, we've got two guns. We're going to leave one with, you know, uh, the family. The baby, yeah. Doug is going to walk to the military base or the military installation or whatever it is. And then Bob is going to walk back to the gas station. And he's like, either he'll be able to drive me to a phone or he'll have a phone. And we, at least we know Bob, Fred is there. Of course, he doesn't know Fred's car has already been blown up. And right. he won't be able to take him anywhere. Um, but uh, Bob's taking the gun and they both set off. And the rest of the family is left there. And before they go, Ethel says, can we please say a prayer? And as they're praying, we hear these voices that have sort of been chattering yeah. and looking from the hills. They say, good. Easy pickings. Ugh. So the two men set off. So now we have um, Ethel, the mom, Lynn and Brenda, the sisters, and Bobby, the brother, okay. and baby Katie. And okay. so they're kind of like just like, you know, they make camp, Chilling. they're making lunch, you know, sort of just trying to keep themselves occupied. But they notice that Beauty, who is inside the camper, keeps barking and barking, but not Beast. 
And they're like, oh, yeah, they. I guess that is sort of Beast's way. And they all joke that Beast only barks before the kill and then laugh oh. about a poodle he killed in Miami and how mad what? Bob was that he had to pay the vet bills for a dead poodle. And I'm like, again, this is very 70s. If your yeah. dog killed someone else's dog— and you, you complain about it. <laughs> you, like, I feel like they could prosecute you. Yes. Also, why was Beauty in Miami? Like, does she have a business <laughs> conference? Like, what were you doing in my, like, what are you talking about? Um, and so, yeah, every Brenda, year the dogs go to Miami to uh, get together with all the other dogs and have a meeting. Like, <laughs> and then, um, oh, yeah, it's like, do they, I guess they just like road trip everywhere, you know? I'm, and I'm so sorry. What a terrible Beast, life. Beast is the one who killed, let me back that up because I said okay. the wrong one. Or did I? Anywho, Beast is the dog who does not bark until he attacks. That's what we okay, know. Right. Beauty, however, she's barking the whole time. They finally let her out, and she immediately bolts into the hills. Ugh. She's running up these, like, uh, lowland, like, craggy rock hills. And Bobby's trying to run after her, but it's not something that you could easily climb. Right. What he doesn't hear is this creepy voice we've been hearing starts calling to Beauty to come to him. So the dog is not simply just escaping, but running towards somebody. And Bobby follows her and hears suddenly her barking cut off and just like a horrible whimper of pain. And uh, back at the camper, obviously, like, Ethel and the girls are, like, screaming, like, Bobby, come back. Unfortunately, by the time Bobby finds Beauty, not only is she dead, she has been gutted. And her disemboweled body is, like, sprayed across these rocks just then, somebody rustles in the underbrush, and Bobby basically fucking bolts, and he's running full <sighs> speed down like a sheer rock face. So as you can imagine, he falls onto his oh. face and knocks himself out. Oh, God. Allison, and you could pick which character okay. you, you want to be. Allison, if you were in this situation, what, what would you do at this point? What would you do? I'm using one of the guns and killing myself and the rest of my family to put them out of their misery because there's no, no getting out of this. absolutely. There is one thing to pull at Allison's special. Once it's, we have to shoot the baby because I don't know how else to get out of there. I'm going to take the Allison special right off, off the, the table. table. <laughs> um, I don't even know, like, I, if you're if you're the crew that's like sitting like making camp and like waiting for the men to come back, like I don't know what you do. Like I would get back in the car and lock all the doors. Yes, I or would the, just be sitting in there. I guess it's maybe it gets hot in there. I don't know. I, they're out a lot, but they're like, oh, it's not that hot. It's it's kind of mild for yeah. the desert. But there is this unrelenting sun, you know. Right. I think, unfortunately, because I of course assume I'd be one of the women in this yes, situations. I don't think that there is anything. I think there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you could do. You can't abandon your family. There's no point in being like, okay, I guess I'll start walking too. No, 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 no. People have already left. You know what I mean? Right. That is just like, that's just another person who's alone traveling. I guess what they should have done is nobody should have left alone. They should have been, you know, groups of two. I thought um, they were groups of two. Doug and Bob left. However, Doug and Bob are going to different places. Oh, Okay. So Doug is walking to the military base, which is closer, but they don't know if there's okay. actually anyone there or if it's just, right. again, like a storage facility. Bob is going and to the gas station. Bob is going to the gas station where he, they had no friend is there. So they're like, okay, we probably should be okay. But they suggest that the gas station is 15 miles away. And it's like an elderly man. miles. An elderly man walking. And let me tell you, he's a cop in, 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 Chicago, in Cleveland. 
He's not right. in the best shape. You know what I mean? No. This isn't like uh, Brad Pitt 50. You know what I mean? Like right. this guy has had a hard life. He's beating a lot of pierogies. Yeah. <laughs> and and his wife even says like, you know, just be careful. You know, your heart, you know, alluding to. Oh, he's not great. in the best so health. he has a heart condition. Which you know is going to come up later. Walking but even 15 miles in the desert sun. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, like even, even a, a young person in great shape walking through the fucking desert. Like, it's like that guy, it's going to take him all day. All you know day. What I mean? it, and basically, they're sort of like, okay, he should be back by midnight. Oh, my because God. Because it's like, you know, that's how long they think it's going to take him, which is probably fair. Hopefully, Doug will be able to get someone earlier. But the point of it is, they there's nothing they could do for hours and hours. Yes. There is nothing around. Ugh. Justin and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. And that's what they do. They... Wait at the camper. Night has fallen and it is now freezing because it's the desert. So everyone starts to bundle up. Bobby has not returned. Neither have dogs. He's nor like Bob. unconscious in a ditch. Exactly. He is somewhere in the desert. They don't know this. They know he ran to find Beauty. Also, Beauty never came back. I mean, and R.I.P. Well, she's not going. Beauty's anytime. inside out now. So Lynn and Ethel try to use the CB radio to call for help, and they're not exactly trying to use it, but it seems like they're doing it correctly. And all they're getting is this perverted, heavy breathing. Ugh. That's the only person they can communicate with. And so they build a fire. They're like, okay, it'll be fine. But obviously, I'm sure at this point, they're all starting to panic. You know, it's been right. hours. They're still out here. Again, they have a fucking baby with them. They have a limited supply of food and water because they did not plan on uh, this detour. Of course. Brenda takes the initiative. She takes Beast on, like, a, a lead to look for Bobby with the gun that, that was left with the women. And Beast is going nuts. He's bolting. And in the shadows of the underbrush, we see somebody crouching. And the only way I can describe no. what this person looks like is a feral no. uh, mutant person mm -mm. with mm -mm. sort of bones and teeth on a necklace covered in furs and feathers. No. Look at her like, <laughs> you know, just the, if you were to see that person looking at you from a bush, even in the city, it's terrifying. Yes, yes, yes. You, you don't want to see that. And luckily, before this person could do anything to Brenda, Bobby emerges from the darkness. His face is all bashed up, and he is wordless because he's absolutely stunned. Finally, we see Bob has made it to the gas station. Wow. And he sees there's a kettle boiling, meaning someone must be there, but the lights are all off. Mm -hmm. And they do this very fun thing with the sound where he puts his hand over the kettle and it, like, muffles the sound, and then the, the, he takes it away, and you could hear the kettle noise, and it becomes part of the soundtrack. Like, it's playing under the music. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's fun. Okay. Um, there's no sign of Fred, so Bob goes in to use the phone. It is, of course, dead. There is no way to call out. 
And out of the darkness in the station, somebody suddenly shoots at Bob, who immediately shoots back. He's screaming, and he he sees there's some commotion in a room. He runs into the room, and Fred is hanging himself by the neck with a belt. And Bob (sighs) yells, get your neck out of that belt, you jackass. And he pulls him (laughs) down, which is the funniest reaction to see someone commit suicide, I can imagine. It's like, you jackass, what are you doing? Somebody trying to hang themselves and yelling at them and calling them a jackass is so so funny. Um, so Bob, so Bob gets Fred down and Fred's okay. And he's like, okay, so now you have to tell me what the fuck is going on. And Fred tells Bob the truth about the hills. And Allison, they have eyes. I mean, I don't, I don't like it. So basically Fred tells the story, right? Fred and his wife, Martha moved to the town in 1929. They, they'd already had a baby girl and they were expecting their second boy, uh, a second child who was a boy. Unfortunately, Allison, he was born wrong. Mm. He was so big. <laughs> he came out sideways and almost tore poor Martha apart. <laughs> he weighed 20 pounds and was hairy as a monkey. Allison, as this boy grew up, there were certainly a lot of accidents around. Oh, and then I'm one sure. of the accidents he, he lists are chickens with their heads eaten off. It's like, well, that wasn't an accident. That seems pretty no, clear what super happened. Super intentional, I think. <laughs> These chickens ate their own heads accidentally. Like, no, okay. Yeah, it's like a... And then finally, when the boy was 10, Fred, his so Fred's son, he burned down their house, killing Fred and Martha's other child, their firstborn daughter. Fred admits that he was so mad he hit his son in the head with a tire iron and left him in the desert so that no one would know what he did. And so Bob, who takes this all to stride because I guess, again, he was a cop in Cleveland. He's like, yeah, he's seen it all. She's like, so what, you think his ghost is haunting you? That was a long time ago. And Fred, he's like, bitch, he's still alive. Yeah, like, what? He, kid- he kidnapped a sex worker, essentially oh like God. a woman no one would miss. They have kids, and they live in the hills, scavenging and attacking tourists to survive. And he says, a devil kid grown up into a devil man. It's like, Fred, what? not only do you live in the middle of nowhere, you knew this. Get right. a bus ticket, dude. Like, until Get about 15 minutes ago, until today you had a truck. What are you doing? Right. Oh. And just then, as Bob is finishing this story— He's like, so anyways, that's the story of the hill. Suddenly, somebody explodes through the window. No. A giant, filthy hillbilly grabs Fred, hauls him out of the darkness, and just starts beating his ass. (laughs) And Allison, (laughs) we realize that this is his son, who is, for whatever reason, I don't know if this is a self-titled name or the name, I'm assuming he gave himself the same, his name is Jupiter. Okay. And he has finally decided, today is the day I'm going to murder my father. Yeah, you know, I probably should have done it earlier. But yeah, just the like reason all kinds of opportunities. The reason this is happening is because Fred was going to leave. This was, you know, and oh. word got back to Jupiter, and he is taking revenge on his father. And so Bob is like, all right, I guess I got to help this guy. Like, I'm just looking for, like, a phone, but I guess I have to rescue this man from this deranged, his deranged mutant son. son. Yeah. So he runs outside. By the time he gets outside, Fred is stabbed to death and, like, pinned with a giant knife to a wooden door. What? R.I.P. Fred. I know. Again, we wanted more for you, but I guess it's just— We wanted more for you. You needed to want more for yourself is what it comes down to. It's true. Set your sights higher. You you can achieve things, but you have to try. 
Exactly. Back at the trailer, um, Lynn is telling Bobby, like, we got all this heavy breathing on the CB. And Ethel's like, no, it was just static. Again, in complete denial. No. And Bobby makes the um, the ultimate horror movie bad decision. Bobby does not tell them that he saw Beauty's murdered body. Mm-mm. He should have said, I found the dog. She was absolutely ruined. And yes. somebody did that intentionally. And yes. By doing that, he does not give them enough information to be as scared as they should be. Right. So while they're still freaked out, he is much more freaked out. Yes. Like, if I, like, if they knew that the dog had been disemboweled in the hills, they would be like, oh, that is breathing. Because there is somebody, like, it, it would just, you would put all the pieces together. Exactly. Now, what you could do about it is not a ton, but at least you'd be mentally prepared. Aware, Yeah. So, hearing a noise outside, Bobby goes to investigate, only to find that Beast, their now remaining dog, has broken his chain and run out into the desert, ostensibly because he sensed something there. And I I didn't look up this actor's name because I don't want to talk too much shit about him, but the actor who plays Bobby, every line delivery is so inadvertently hilarious. Because he says, he has a line where he's like, Jesus, here's a line, here's how I imagine the line would be said, it's like, Jesus. What's going on? And what he says okay. is, Jesus, what's going on? Like, every line <laughs> delivery is so funny and, like, casually tossed off in this way. I'm like, I think he didn't mean for it to be that. Casual but it's line so good. in a horror movie are very funny. Right, like, he, he's acting like his facial expressions are terrified. And then every time he opens his mouth, it's like, hump. Oh, God. What am I going to do with <laughs> this? This again. Like, yeah. <laughs> So, after having seen what he saw, Bob is hauling ass back to the gas station. Again, so essentially now he is attempting to run 15 miles. And as you can imagine, he, he, his heart is starting to fail him. So, he's pale. He's sweating. He's struggling to run. Allison, as he's running through this completely dark desert no. road, he hears a man's voice from the, you know, the undergrowth on the side of the road go, Daddy, Daddy, they're going to get me. Run, no. Daddy. And Bob is like, oh, God, because he knows it's it's the person in the gas station or his yeah. associates. Yes. You know, like, this is not yes. an innocuous voice out of the darkness. No. And finally, he can't go anywhere, and Bob collapses. And as soon as he collapses on the road, Allison, he is set upon by a pack of feral hill people. Oh, okay. So we have Jupiter, who establishes Fred's son. Fred's and then son. he has his own sons, Mars, Pluto, and Mercury. And we don't know it's confirmed until later, but you realize it as soon as you see them. Ruby is his daughter. So he's got four kids. Okay. And I like how it's like Mars, Pluto, Mercury, and eh, Ruby. Ruby. We have yeah. more planets. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Venus is a girl's, like, it's ladies. Like, yeah. Um, are they all, like, speaking English? Like, are they communicative and, and verbal? I feel like they did not make a, a definite decision about, like, okay, what they were going to cool. sound like. Because <laughs> it's really funny. Like, they lapse in and out of a southern accent, which I think, oh, unfortunately, it is because, like, when people are, like, hillbillies, people do the southern accent. They yeah. live—they have never set foot out of Nevada. So no, there's no reason they would have a southern accent whatsoever. Other than when people like hillbilly, they're going to defer. But then it's like they segue out of a southern accent. Right. And one of the sons talks in a parody of what you think a mentally disabled person oh, would no. talk like. Yeah, but, but I'm then, not like, surprised Jupiter, at that choice. Like they're very, but other times everyone's very eloquent. <laughs> Jupiter is very eloquent. I guess he was raised like, you know, essentially with, went to school for a little bit before yeah. his uh, father threw him into the desert. 
Hit so him with a tire I would iron. say there's a lot of like laughing inappropriately, a lot of okay. like get him, paw. Yeah, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff. But they are able okay. to speak. Okay. Um, unfortunately, what they have to say is not good. Of course. So, um, they set upon Bob, and they, you know, immediately jam a piece of cactus in his mouth to stop oh, him from screaming, God. and they drag him into the desert, Allison. Meanwhile, back at the camper, Doug has finally arrived back. And Doug is, like, who I would want to be married to in a horror movie. I don't mean that he's super, effect- like, effective in fighting uh-huh. off what happens. But he has a great attitude, and he's really trying. Okay. So he's, See, like, busting his ass. What you need. Um, And so Doug made it to the military institution. Allison, there's nobody there. It was just, like, not. a radio station or something. But, like, it, there was nobody there. He could not phone for help. And everyone's super disappointed. Doug is actually kind of excited because he stopped at a dump nearby and got all this cool stuff, like steel, this big thing of steel cable. He's like, once we get out of here, we should drive over there. We could sell a bunch of this stuff. And it's like, oh, Doug, Doug you're not going to be driving out of here. Such plans. <laughs> what would you think about this? And he said, I had to walk back because the road just ends, like at the military installation. I couldn't go any oh further. Oh, my God. So now Doug's back. He's got no help. And then now they're just waiting for Bob to show up and hope to God that, you know, uh, he he managed to find some help. Um, meanwhile, Beast, we follow Beast's path, and he has oh, found right. Beauty's remains, like oh. her intestines are still on the ground, and sort of like barks in rage and laments for his his friend or lover, I don't know, their relationship, <laughs> her, her demise. <laughs> and we cut to Ruby is roasting and eating Beauty's body. So the parts that aren't left on the ground, they're being eaten by the Hill people. Okay. The Hill family. I would prefer that to, you know, the human eating, I guess. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this is this is best case scenario for these people. Yeah. But hearing him bark and howl, like, she stops eating and has this moment of like, oh, God, what are we doing, you know? <laughs> um, and it has like, it was like, again, she's like, is there a different life than, um, this woman yes. is probably like 28, you know, it's like, I got to think there's more to this, you know? There's and, more than just terrifying uh, tourists and eating their dead dogs in the hills with my, like, insane family. Um, unfortunately, uh, you know, her mother then shows up. Her mother has sort of like a, a headdress and like a, a necklace all made out of human bones. And is like, what's the matter? You don't like dog anymore? I like it. Maybe dog's too good for a runaway slut like you. It's like, again, do you want more for your daughters? Like, right. want a life that you were not able to have, but not right. her. She's like, oh, you think you're better than us? You don't want to kill people and eat dogs and live in a cave? They live in a cave, Allison. I they live in a part. cave? They don't have a house. They live in a of cave. Of course they don't like have a house. People. They eat dogs. Yeah, I, I guess I'm like, well, maybe they found enough wood, but wait, it's literally like they live in a cave in the rocks of the hills. There's no flat ground to build a house on. Okay. So There's no um, and, light out there, I'm imagining. It's not like there's any light? Other than like uh, the, the, they have a Some, fire built and okay, the camper has a fire out, but pretty much that's it. Yeah, there's no okay. artificial lights. Um, the family doesn't, the, the, the hillbilly family doesn't even have like, flashlights that we can see. Right. The, the, the normal human Carter family does, uh, but I guess the Hill people only have what they can steal from tourists. And I guess it's been a little while. Okay. Unfortunately, due to the fact that Jupiter, Papa Jupiter, found out Ruby was attempting to leave with Fred, she's now chained with a manacle to her leg outside of the cave. Because now they're like, if you, we, we know you're going to try to run. 
So not only does Ruby have to cook and eat a dog, she is physically chained to her family. Cool. And as sad as we are for Ruby, uh, Bob has it much worse. I mean, his mouth full of cactuses and some heart failure, I think, at this point. Exactly. And he, the, the hillbilly people are going to use him as part of their scheme. Um, again, because Bob, back in the camper, Bobby has not been honest about the dog's death. Nobody is taking things as seriously. So they did something you would right. only do in 1977. Doug and Lynn... Go to have sex in the station wagon. No. Feet from, Lynn is feet from her mother, her sister, her brother, and her baby. They're in the middle of the desert. They are trapped there. And your father, who is unwell, is still out there in the darkness. I just wouldn't be able to get in the mood. I just, but yeah, also, it would be hard for me to get myself there. And also, like, what did they, like, what, like, got, like, did they turn and look at each other, like, this is a great time or like what? Like Pretty much. They're like, all right, well, if everyone's going to sleep in the camper, we're going to go hang out in the car. It's like, all right. Okay. I mean, good for you. That, right. You, it's you like, know, especially like after a baby, much. it's like important to like keep that sex life alive. Exactly. But maybe now is not the time. The magic. But I mean, again, your, your feet from your, your siblings or whatever. And so Bobby, who's been sort of like trying to like keep track of the time, it's 11 p.m. He's starting to get freaked out like, his dad should be back soon. Mm-hmm. He hears Beast barking in the darkness. And he's like, okay, so Beast must be nearby. And he goes to look for the dog with a gun. Mm. However, as he walks into the desert, Allison, he starts to hear all these other animal sounds like mooing and mooing. buying. And he realizes somebody is imitating no. Beast's bark. Beast is not there right now. Somebody's, And then somebody is making fun of him, imitating all these animal sounds to show him, we've lured you out here. Luckily, he's able to get back to the camper, but he's locked himself out and has to listen to his sister and her husband have sex in the car. And he says, God, Jesus. Again, every line delivery from this guy is incredible. Perfect. So he knocks on the door, you know, trying to wake up his mother and Brenda inside because they've already turned in for the night and they, he doesn't have a key. He's knocking on the door. It's locked. What he doesn't see that we see is inside the camper, directly on the other side of the door is Pluto, one of the feral hillbilly people, and the ugliest, baldest hill person, this ugliest motherfucker, like, terrifying, <laughs> covered in furs, holding, like, a steel, like, crow magnet fucking knife. No. And he is holding it to the door on the other side. Unfortunately, Pluto is now inside the camper with Brenda, Ethel, and baby Katie, all of whom are, like, in bed. In the camper. Bo- yes, Bobby doesn't know this, and he goes to interrupt Lynn and Doug, and he's like, can you just lock, unlock fucking. the door? Like, can you, whatever. And they're like, oh, my God, you're going to interrupt us. It's like, this is not the time. Like, grow up. And while he, they're trying to, like, put their clothes on to come unlock the camper for him, Pluto is just ransacking, like, stealing food and stealing, like, flashlights and batteries and all this stuff. Finally, as Lynn and, and Doug are getting the keys, Bobby breaks down and he's crying and he tells them Beauty was killed. She was oh. gutted. And Doug's like, okay. Let's get a flashlight. We're going to find Beast if he's out here. And then we'll, we'll rally the troops. We'll, you know, we'll get together. Thank you for telling us. A little late. Unfortunately, as soon as we, Bobby makes this submission, we hear Pluto whisper into a walkie-talkie. The hill people are walkie-talkies. <sighs> Do it. Allison, there's an explosion in the desert. And no. we hear Bob screaming in the flames, screaming, help me. Oh, God, I'm burning. The hill people have crucified Bob on, like, a big saguaro cactus and set him aflame. Why? Like, why? why? To draw the family out of the camper. How far away is he from them? I mean, I get him very bad distances. Five, like, 
500 meters. No, 500 feet. I don't know what that is. I have no idea what... As I'm saying, I'm like, I have. He's I, Allison, like, I don't know. How dare you ask me how far like, away something he's is? He's not like miles away. No, he's like he. They could all run to him, but it's going to take him a okay. minute or two. Okay. So they okay. can see that him. They can hear it him. Yeah. To be so specific. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I. It's a great question. Close enough, but that they could reach him, but far enough away from the camper that they all be running away from the camper. Okay. Got leaving it. themselves and the camper exposed. Okay. Everyone runs to help him. And Doug yells, Brenda, watch the baby, and runs out. Not knowing, because they haven't seen Pluto, that Pluto is now in Brenda's bunk and rapes Brenda. (gasps) And it's, I guess we haven't done a lot of movies where there's just like full-on sexual assault. I'm like, man, things have gone from bad to worse. That is bad. And so he's he's assaulting Brenda. And then Mars, uh, his brother, pulls him off of Brenda and chides him and says, wait till you get to be a man. So I don't know whether Pluto's like, oh again, he looks like he's 45, but right. maybe he's 13. I don't know. Like, he's not old enough. And so Pluto's so Yeah, we don't rape until trashing. we're at least into our teens. <laughs> I know. I'm like, guys, I just don't know how many dates you're going to get with people who are really excited to be there. You know, yeah. like, I, I this is the whole Mm-mm. thing. I appreciate what, what you, the intervening, but the, the logic behind it is unsound. Yeah. And I'll tell you why I know it's unsound. Um, because uh, they go, they're, they're sort of trashed in the place, and they spot baby Katie, and they say to Brenda, baby's fat, fat and juicy. You, oh, no. you're fat and juicy. They're going to eat Brenda Don't and Katie. Don't eat the baby. They're going to eat the baby, Allison. That's all they want in the world. They're excited they about eat the eating baby. that baby. No. Ethel, Ethel, Doug, Bobby, and Lynn have all run over to Bob and have able, okay. been able to get him down from the cactus. And But Ethel's become hysterical, and she's screaming, that's not my Bob. That's not my Bob. Like, laughing and screaming as they, like, try to calm her down. And Lynn takes Ethel back to the camper as Doug and Bobby tend to Bob's wounds. Bob is not surviving this. He's No, charred. there's no way. No. Like, he's breathing, but he, he is dying. And Bobby takes the gun and he says, I'm going to get these bastards. And he takes off into the night to fight the hill people in the dark, Bobby. Right. Are you insane? You're on their turf. And Doug gently covers Bob's face because he's dead. Yes. Unfortunately, by the time Brenda and Lynn get back to the camper, they're, they're just in time to confront Mars as he tries to take the fucking baby. No. So Ethel tries to hit him with a broom. He shoots her in the stomach. And then he shoots Lynn, but not before Lynn is able to stab him with that, like, Cro-Magdon hillbilly knife that they have. And he gets a serious leg wound. He isn't killed. Lynn is, you know, murdered. But it does—it slows him down in a way that he leaves without taking Brenda. So they they drag her outside. Mars puts a gun in her mouth and fires, but Mars is out of bullets. So Brenda lives. She's screaming, Doug and Bobby have run back here. It is too late. Lynn is dead. Ethel is in bad shape. She's dying. And baby Katie has been snatched by the hill people who clearly plan on eating her. And there's actually a genuinely very sad scene. I guess I like Doug because the actor is actually good and really trying. And he picks up Lynn's body. He goes, don't go. But it's too late. Yeah. And Ethel's very alive. So they sort of like wrap her in blankets. But she's sort of out. She's like, is daddy back yet? Uh, The kid's in bed. You know. No. And then Bobby goes to the door. He goes, oh, my God, which, again, is so fucking funny. So funny. <laughs> and Doug runs out, like, mentally destroyed, horrified, enraged. Doug runs out in the darkness screaming, why are you doing this? What do you want? Give me back my baby, my Catherine, please. Allison, 
at this point in the film, who will survive? Who will survive? I think this whole family dies and the Hill people are all fine and continue on with their life as it has been going. It sure seems like that's where we're headed because the Hill people have all the advantage. They have spent, you know, it's like, you can become a Hill person when you're 30, but they were bored into it, so they're going to have a natural Hill person advantage. Right, and also, They're like like Hill people savants. best, Best case scenario... Bobby kills all of the hill people, which seems so unlikely. But it's like, he's still stranded in the middle of the desert. Exactly. No car, no communication. Like, what's the plan? Justin and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell, starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. Remax agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Allison, it is still as like, it's like a, still a fucking dead of night. It's like one a.m. I mean, at this point. Of course it is. And we can barely see the hill people as they run back to their cave uh, with the baby. Um, <laughs> Mars is like, oh, the family still has that gun. And Pluto tells him they might have the gun, but I took the bullets. So now at least one of the guns no longer has bullets, Allison. Oh my so God. it was useless. And they run into their third brother, Mercury, who has been, he's been the one keeping watch and sort of like monitoring the family and radioing them. Like he's the one that we heard say like, pretty girl, easy Ugh. pickings. Ugh. And they all laugh. And, he's, and that's, he's the one where he's sort of like doing like a character, I guess. And he's like, would it be funny if I ate the baby's toes? And they're like, we all laugh when you did it last time. Disgusting. Also, is that implying that like they leave the toes? <laughs> they don't eat the toes? Exactly. Put I guess the crust like, on a sandwich? I don't know much about eating human flesh, but I guess there's not a lot of meat on the bo- on the toe. Yeah, of all the body. Oh God, parts. remember that ad campaign? Um, I ate the bones. Oh What was yeah. it for? Like chicken fries or something? Like a Burger King or a KFC nightmare? Well, that could be the slogan for this movie. They ate the, the bones. Have eyes. We ate, ate the bones. bones. So the Mars and Pluto go onto the cave to, like, start cooking the baby, I guess. And Mercury is there, like, wrapping up for the night. Like, all right, I did a great job. Another great day for me, Mercury. <laughs> Clock and out. And finally, <laughs> here comes the real hero of the movie, Beast, who lunges at Mercury, at Mercury, who falls off the side of the mountain to his death. So Beast go has Beast. a higher kill count than pretty much anybody in this film. Way to go, Beast. Back in the cave, um, Papa Jupiter is also arriving home, and he tells Ruby, I heard you was trying to run away, but I fixed Grandpa Fred good, telling her, like, I murdered him because he was going to yeah. take you, and you better not ever think you're going to leave. Like, the, this is our hills, and we have eyes, you know. Mm. And they try to call Mercury to come join them and eat the baby, and he's not answering. And we see that Beast has picked up his walkie-talkie and is taking it back to the camper. 
Meanwhile, Ethel is slowly dying. She's at, you know, she's out of her mind. This actually wrecked me. Like, she's like, oh, yeah, well, are the kids okay? And they're like, well, Brenda's here. She's not doing great, but uh, she's alive. And Bobby's right there. And, okay. you know, and, you know, they kind of wrap her up in blankets. And if it's that wasn't bad enough, the battery in the camper dies, Allison. No. So it is now pitch fucking black. In the, and then just then they hear noises outside. Bobby fires through the door, and then we hear the walkie-talkie. And for a second, oh, my God, I thought he shot Beast. Luckily, he didn't. And Beast has successfully brought back this walkie-talkie. So now they can listen in on the Hill people's conversation and sort of have a little bit of a one-up on them. And we hear what they're planning. Back at their cave, Jupiter, the reason he was separated is Jupiter was taking the corpse of Bob back to their cave, I guess, to eat. And he goes on this, like, insane race, like, I'll see the wind blow your dried-up seeds away. I'll eat the heart of your stinking memory. I'll eat the brains of your kids' kids. I'm in. Yeah. I was like, I mean, it's an eloquent monologue. I, sure. I don't agree with the content of it. No. And because they have, like, a lot of, like, not, you know, street knowledge, street-wise, but, you know, hill-wise, they're very smart. And they deduce that Beast knocked Mercury to his death. And they find uh, Mercury's body. And they're like, all right, well, regardless, the baby's family members who are still alive are going to come looking for the baby. We know that. So we better kill them and eat them before they have a chance to come and kill us. Yes. Finally, it is dawn. Beast is Beast, the best dog of all time, is leading Doug to the hill people's lair because he doesn't know where it is. Right. While, at the same time, some of the hill people are going back to the camper to try to kill the family. And Doug hides. He sees Pluto and Jupiter running through the brush the other way. Back at the camper, it's Brenda and Bobby and Ethel's dead body, basically. Like, she she has slipped into death. And Bobby keeps calling Mayday over the CB radio over and over again. And finally, he gets to Air Force Rescue. And she's like, "What?" they're like, what do you have in terms of a defense? And and they're like, well, we have a gu- one gun and whatever. And they're no like, well, we advise yeah. you to stand on your heads with your, your thumbs up your asses. And that's when they realize it's actually Pluto oh. prank calling them. And he, Pluto laughs. He thinks he's prank the funniest calls. person. And they have this moment of like, what the fuck are we going to do? And then luckily, Brenda has a bright idea. And this is a kind of like a Home Alone level scheme, but it does work out for them. It's just something where it's like, well, I would never have thought to do this. Right. And she's inspired by the fact that uh, Doug brought that um, coil of steel cable back from the dump. She's like, I have an idea. And they take the steel cable and they start to enact it. Meanwhile, Doug arrives at the Hill People Lair. Which okay. Mars is now guarding because Mars has the leg wound, so he can't like really travel. run around. Yeah, but he is still a psychotic, um, homicidal, cannibalistic um, hill person. Right, and the baby's and, in there, and the baby's in there. Okay. So Doug is there to get the fucking baby, and Doug tells Beast, "Do your worst." And Beast then chases down Pluto and Jupiter, and he attacks Pluto so savagely he basically tears out um, his Achilles tendon. Ah. And breaks apart the bones in his ankle. So now Pluto is disabled and cannot really travel. So Jupiter kind of abandons him. Jupiter, as you can imagine, not a great dad. No. Um, So it's sort of like, okay, you're going to slow me up. I'm going to go take care of business um, while this dog tears you apart. And he and Jupiter in a rage is like I, he calls back to the to the cave and in sort of like retribution of beast attacking Pluto, Jupiter calls back to the cave of the walkie talkie and says, "Kill the baby." So now they're about they're moments away from killing the baby. Okay. And Mars goes to Ruby and says, "I'm gonna we're killing the baby. I'm gonna cook it up and eat it." 
And Ruby is the only one who has any sort of like moment of like, I don't know if we can murder and eat the baby, you know? But finally he convinces her she has the baby like bundled up and she hands him over and then she sprints away. And when Mars unwraps it, it's not the baby, it's the baby pig we saw uh, from the beginning in Fred's trunk. So luckily Ruby has stolen the baby and is now hauling ass across these rocky hills with a loose toddler, like like an 18-month-old, bobbing around. You know, I mean, she's probably never held a baby. Hauling ass. And luckily she runs directly to Doug and Doug's like, come on. And then they start running together. Ruby. Okay. So Ruby's also trying to get out of this. Exactly. Because Ruby has enough wherewithal to be like, okay, well, this is bad, but killing a baby is worse, you know? Yes. I want it life. I want to go to Los Angeles. I want to have a gin and tonic. I want to enjoy fresh sheets. I I don't want to fucking live in a cave. No. Meanwhile, Beast has come back. He's like round two with Pluto, who's just attacking him over and over again. I guess this is the benefit of keeping an extremely aggressive dog. It's like now when he's been attacked by feral hillbillies, he's really like stepped up, you know? Yeah. Well, he had the practice with the poodle. Jupiter finally arrives at the camper, and Brenda and Bobby have like hauled Ethel's dead body out and sort of used it as a distraction. And so he runs up to the body. She's like sitting in a um, folding chair. And they have used the cable to create sort of a rabbit snare. So he steps into like a loop of the cable and then they turn on the station wagon and they would attach the the steel cable to like the wheel, I guess. So when the wheel starts spinning, it jerks Jupiter off his feet and starts dragging him towards the station wagon. Okay. This does not actually like stop him or hurt him in any way. It just makes him mad, but at least it's like a distraction for them to like run. And, uh, but they realize it's not, that's not going to be enough. So they run inside and they lock the door as Jupiter like runs up to try to kill them. They turn the propane on in the camper and they attach a match and like a little matchbook to the bottom of the of the door. And then they leap out the window and run. Okay. And luckily Jupiter, he's killed and eaten a lot of tourists, but he has not killed any tourists this smart. Yes. So he opens the door and the camper explodes. <gasps> And Bobby and Brett are like, we did it. But Bobby has a good point. He says, we have to make sure he's dead. Yes. Because I don't believe good. it. And Bobby apparently has seen one horror movie. And Brett is like, no, don't go back there. You're going to get hurt. I mean, there's like flaming wreckage everywhere. Of course. It's like, don't do it. He goes back there. Of course, Jupiter's not fucking dead. So right. he attacks Bobby. Brenda has to pick up an axe and fucking hack Jupiter. Oh, my God. Nearly to death. And then in order to finally kill him, Bobby shoots him with the gun. Unbeknownst to them, while this is all going on, Ruby and Doug are still fleeing Mars, who is slow, okay. but he he's committed. He's making now. his way after them. Okay. And he, Doug tells Ruby hide with the baby, and he she sort of like hides in a crevasse, and he lures Mars away from them. He's sort of like, oh, I like will the lure other him direction. away, but you have to protect the child. Okay. Then Doug hides in a crevasse, only to have Mars laugh and inform him that that's where the rattlesnakes breed. No. I wrote rattlesnacks. And oh, rattlesnacks. Rattlesnacks. And we see like a rattlesnake crawl between him and Doug had a, like one of the oh. Cro-Magnon knives. So now Doug doesn't have a weapon oh. of any kind. And he is forced out of the crevasse. And just when Mars is about to kill Doug, Ruby shows up and says, "Kill, take me instead. Kill me instead. Leave him. Let him go. He's done nothing Ruby. wrong. But oh, you can't rationalize with these no. people. No, of course not. Because as soon as he sees Ruby, he he knows, haha, you left the baby alone. And so he runs to try to kill the baby. Where's the and baby? He, 
Just like on a she rock. Just, like, left him. She's like hid in the baby in the rock. So it's no. so it would be hard to find. But Ugh. the baby's crying. You're, you know, you can locate her. Right. So yeah. he and so Mars and Doug end up in like a hand to hand brawl. No. And Mars is injured, but he is again been raised for this. This is all he does, and right. he is seconds away from stabbing Doug to death when Ruby picks up a rattlesnake and holds it to the back of Mars's neck, and it bites him. Okay. And it distracts him enough for Doug to roll over and flip Mars over and then just stab him over and over again until Good. he's dead. Good. The end. That's the end? That's the end, <laughs> Allison. And they freeze on Doug's face and it, like, goes red and then they just roll the credits. But, like, so everyone died. Well, so, the, yeah, so our reigning people are Ruby, Doug. The baby. The baby, Katie. Done. Brenda, Bobby, and then I guess Mama, the the mother cannibal. I mean, she's gone. But like, how are they even getting out of this desert? I don't know. I I guess like it's daytime, so they're just gonna have to walk now. No, I think that there are more deaths that they don't tell us about. <laughs> These people well, don't true. make it to Los Angeles. Um, Allison, if you could think of no. even one, mm-hmm. what fatal mistakes do you think were made during this this film? <laughs> Mistakes. Um, I guess like going on a road trip would be probably the biggest one that I could think of is, is dr- trying to drive across the country instead of just flying to Los Angeles like everybody should do. Um, so that would be one. And then like once you get to that gas station and the gas right. station and Fred's like, yeah, don't go off the road. Like yeah. get go the other way. Like I'd be like, Maybe we go back to a more civilized part of Nevada, like to like a place where there's more people and kind of yeah. reroute on some other way so we don't have to deal with whatever this is. Yeah, and this is, I mean, this is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This yes. is Children of the Corn. If there's a gas station where it seems like things are not going great with the attendant, and in this case, he specifically tells them, do not go through it, because he knows. He has the institutional canonical knowledge about this yes. town, and you ignore him. And then when your daughter tells you, hey, I'm looking at the map, and it looks like we're in a nu- nuclear testing zone. Let's get out of there. Don't scream, no, we're not. Like, as if you know where you're going. Because right. then you will end up being crucified on a cactus and, and burned alive. And burned alive. Yeah. And then other than that, I'll be honest, like, people made a lot of mistakes. But the problem is, if there is a feral hillbilly family who's going to try to eat you, there's not much you could do to prepare for that. They were as prepared as possible. They had guns. Yeah. Bobby and Brenda, all everyone was like very smart and made great decisions. Like they yes. knew how to build contraptions right. and like shoot and fight. So I think like for a normal family, they did the best they possibly could. Mm, yes, absolutely. I would also say one more fatal mistake was saving that rabbit's life instead of continuing mm-hmm. to drive straight and not destroy your only chance of escape. Yeah, and we do see the rabbit a couple times. I think like it's sort of like, oh, we see the rabbit and then they finally catch Jupiter in like a rabbit snare. It's like, oh, oh we're turning. I see. We saw that the rabbit is the victim or, like, the yes. innocent creature, and now we're turning— You now are our you victim. Are, yes, yes. Um, just a very subtle imagery, obviously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then finally, Allison, where would you put the Hills Have Eyes on the spooky scale, which, as we always point out, is a scale that measures how scary a movie it is, not how much we enjoyed it or how good yes. the film is. Yes. A spooky scale. I think this feels like kind of a a four mm-hmm. for the, the sake of like, you know, it is realistic to be stranded somewhere and have people, I mean, maybe not necessarily like K-9 
cave people who are born of uh, 20 pound sideways babies, but like people living in the hills and you being stuck there is like a real thing that could happen. And so that's always a little scary. But so much of the, I don't know, hijinks of this movie feel like kind of comedic. Um, Yes. That it's not quite, you know, it's not the ring. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I'm going to give it a three because I I, mm-hmm. I I really appreciated like certain moments were scary. I love Jupiter's little monologue about mm-hmm. killing Bob's family. I thought that was really scary. Um, the moment where you see Pluto is inside the camper on the other side of the door is scary. But yeah, the rest of the time, it's more of an action movie. You know what yes. I mean? Like there's a lot yes. of action that's fun and I enjoyed the movie, but it, I wasn't scared by it. It became mm-hmm. sort of like a Hatfield and McCoy's type of like we're yes. battling it out. Yes. And, yeah, that's, there's just not, not a lot of cultivated uh, fright or dread yes. in the film. Yes. That's um, the sense I get. And it does make you—they remade it in 2006, and I'm interested to watch that one and see how it compares. Yeah. Yes. I'm well, eager guys, to hear about it. You know, we hope, this, we hope that these, these movies, especially this month, really help you appreciate your own family. Yes. Gear up for Thanksgiving by listening to these episodes. Yeah, yes, they did raise you in a cave. Yes, they taught you to be a cannibal. But, you know. they left you for dead after hitting you with a tire iron. But. They love you. Still dad. Exactly. That's still dad. That's still mom. So, with that in mind, um, we will see you next week. And. (laughs) Yes. um, Um, Until then, could you please. If you don't mind. Keep 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 it spooky. spooky. We love you. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. Rack your look for spring at Nordstrom Rack and save up to 60% on brands you love. Rag & Bone, Vince, Marc Jacobs, Adidas, Joes, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. Score new dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and sunglasses. Plus, updates for the family and home. Get your spring on for less, up to 60% less, today at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find?